with a big senior season this winter. Trace Jackson Davis could move into the elite of the elites within IU basketball history. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Thursday, October 13th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every day. Big thanks to Bet Online, who is bringing you today's episode. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Trace Jackson Davis obviously has uh, made his name in IU history. Uh, he's going to be remembered as one of the one of the best big men to to wear the cream and crimson, especially in the modern era. But with a really big season statistically, he could start joining some really elite clubs, and that's something uh, I wanted to talk about first today. Is just statistically where he ranks, and where he could finish uh, within IU record books. First, start off points, because he's going to finish really, really high on IU's all-time scoring list. There's a couple scenarios here. So for one, he's entering the season with 1,588 points, which is 15th all-time. If he simply scores his career average, which through his first three seasons is 16.9 points, that's taking into account a freshman season in which he only averaged 13 points. But let's be conservative. Let's say 16.9 points. Let's also say Indiana plays 35 games, which is what they played last season. They had the, the longer run in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they had a couple of NCAA tournament games. Predicting how many games he can play or he will play is is impossible. 35 is the most he's played. Let's just Again, conservatively say 35 games averaging 16.9 points next season. Uh, he's looking at 591 points, which would give him 2,179 points. That would be fourth all time. There's only five players who have cleared 2,000 points. So he'd be within that, obviously. Uh, he would be up to fourth all time. Again, that alone, impressive feat. And I know he's spent a good chunk of this uh, kind of preseason, this media tour, whenever he's talked about this season. Um, and fairly, he said he's not really worried about um, individual accolades. That's not, at this point, he's, he's had them. It's team success that he wants. Great approach to have, right approach to have. That's the approach I want him to have. <laughs> we have a podcast and I want to talk about some of those statistical achievements because ultimately he is going to go down as one of the greatest to ever uh, play for the Hoosiers. And just putting it into context, it, it shows just how good uh, he could be by the time he's done at Indianapolis. So he could join an elite group, Calbert Chaney, Steve Alford, Don Schlund, uh, A.J. Guyton and Mike Woodson are the only ones to score 2,000 points. So 
the possibility exists that he passed Mike Woodson this season uh, for those 2,000 points. Now, if you want to get more aggressive, let's say he averages what he did last season, 18.3 points for 35 games. That's an extra 50 points. That's um, takes him to 2,228 points, which would be fourth all time. So, or excuse me, third all time. So that is probably the height. Realistically, he is going to reach. Uh, he would have to average like just under 30 a game for 35 games to pass Calvert Cheney, which I don't think anybody's expecting that. Uh, Steve Alford as well would take quite a doing uh, to catch. Um, but I mean, that one maybe is a little more feasible. He's got to score 850 points, which over 35 games is 24 points. If you take it out to maybe 37, you're looking at 22, 23 points. That one's maybe feasible. If he has a big season, IU goes deep in a couple tournaments, we could potentially see it, but feels like top three might be his realistic ceiling. Crossing 2,000 points is a special feat. Similarly, he has a really good shot at being the all-time leading rebounder in IU history. Right now, he has 797 rebounds. So his career average is 8.5, which honestly is a little is in line more or less uh, with what he's done. There hasn't been the the dip. If anything, uh, 8.5 is um, less than he averaged as a sophomore when he grabbed nine rebounds a game. So uh, there's even more wiggle room here. But if he averages 8.5 for 35 games, that is 1,094 career rebounds. The all-time leader is at 1,091, three rebounds less. Uh, So there is a pretty good shot that he becomes the all-time leader in rebounds this season. It's Allen Henderson that is first, uh, 1,091 rebounds. Trace, it's going to be close. It's going to be tight, but there's a very realistic possibility he crosses the that mark to become the all-time leading rebounder. Only three people have over a thousand rebounds. It's Alan Henderson, Walt Bellamy, and Kent Benson. Nobody in IU history has scored 2000 points and grabbed 1000 rebounds. It would take a, a pretty big season, but there's a pretty good shot. Trace could be the first with 2000 points, 1000 rebounds, which is remarkable. Um, he is, <laughs> He's a truly special guy, uh, and I think as I started to put this together, I realized just how good he is. Alan Henderson came really close to that 2K1K club. He had 1979 uh, in terms of points. Kent Benson as well was 1740. Um, so we've had a couple guys who are close. Nobody's gotten over that mark, though, so uh, it could be a, a historic season in that front uh, for Trace Jackson Davis. Last thing, if you want to look at blocks, um, right now he has, a again, a really good shot at being the all-time leader. If he just, again, averages his career mark, which is 1.9, which is less than it was last season, then he is going to finish 
with uh, 244 blocks, which is the all-time mark, which would be the all-time mark. I was trying to pull it up. I didn't uh, jot down the leaders, but um, Jeff Newton is a current leader at 227. Alan Henderson is 213, so only two guys over 200. Trace right now has 178, so uh, he had 81 blocks last season. So if he just if he has 81 more blocks this season, he is going to be well clear of first all time. So there's a a decent shot. Trace is a top five scorer, all time leading rebounder, all time leading uh, blocker, I guess, all time leader in blocks. Again, that offers some context to what type of player Trace has been for this program. This is a lot of ifs and buts, and we can take um, greater a greater look at this once his season is over, but there's a pretty good chance we're looking at one of the greatest to ever play for the Hoosiers right now, which just adds some more context ahead of a really exciting season for Indiana, for the men's basketball team. Women's basketball team is also uh, setting up for one of its best seasons ever. Grace Berger, we'll go through and do this same exercise with her because she's uh, set to have one of the best careers in Bloomington history as well. So, uh, But we're going to talk about a couple different Hoosiers as part of our season preview uh, here in a moment. Chloe Moore, McNeil, Sydney Parrish, a couple of girls who will, a couple of women, excuse me, who will... Uh, be big, important parts of the season this year. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's start off with Chloe Moore McNeil when doing... uh, these two previews and Chloe was a vital, vital player on last year's team. We talked about it a lot during and after the season. I don't think anybody made a bigger jump uh, from the beginning of the season to the end of it in terms of just progression and talent than Chloe did last season. Uh, A tremendous, tremendously important player. When Mackenzie Holmes went down, it was Chloe, I think who stepped up the most uh, in terms of picking up her production and, She's talked about that a little bit during IU Media Day. Uh, just kind of realized that that the team needed her. It wasn't really a moment when things clicked necessarily, but um, she realized how important she was and how much the team needed her. Her stats don't really do justice to how important she was because um, if you just look at that, 5.2 points, 2.9 rebounds, an assist, uh, per game on 42.6% shooting. None of that, I don't think, really tells how important she became for Indiana. Uh, you can look at some individual scores, and we've talked about this during the offseason. Some of the biggest games that she stepped up in, 
I don't think, again, anyone was bigger than the Ohio State Big Ten Tournament semifinal against the number one seed. She's thrust into the starting lineup last minute uh, and scores 11 points, a lot of those in the very first quarter, plays 38 minutes, leads or helps lead IU to a win over Ohio State to get to the Big Ten um, championship game. I think that showed just how important she was to this team. Uh, she played a variety of different roles, and I think that's what's going to make her uh, continue to make her extremely valuable this season is just the versatility. There's a shot she could be in the starting lineup because of that versatility. Can play anywhere realistically from the one to the four. She can be your ball handler. She can play as a undersized four if you want to go a little bit smaller. Uh, and she did that last season, played anywhere from those positions Um IU lost two of its primary ball handlers. They brought in a number of players, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chloe has some more ball handling du- ball handling duties as one of the veterans who has done that. Shooting is going to be a big thing for her, for a lot of Hoosiers this year. Uh, it's not been a strength of Indiana. She only shot, Chloe did 31% last season um, on 2.3 attempts per game. It was spotty. It was streaky at best. Now, that being said, and I don't like to do really big takeaways from something like Hoosier Hysteria, but my word, she was red hot in Hoosier Hysteria shooting the ball. If she's able to make a jump as a shooter this season, her minutes are going to jump as well. And I say that, again, as someone, there's a good chance Chloe starts this upcoming season. Um, but if she can shoot the ball efficiently along with her versatility, her ball handling, all that stuff, uh, she's going, she's going to see a lot of minutes and that furthers her case to be a starter. She also provides some length on the perimeter, which helps defensively. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more with Sydney Parrish, but 5'11", um, in the women's game that it had good size for a perimeter player. Uh, She has long arms, can stay in front of people, really cause problems. At times last year, defensively, she looked a little bit like an underclassman, drew some maybe silly fouls, Uh, but you would hope that with a season under her belt, as she continues in Bloomington, that um, those types of fouls will go away and she can be a more reliable defender. Indiana made a, a... I don't want to say necessarily made its name defensively, but had a a strong reputation as a good defensive team. They lost a lot of pieces. So if they want to continue that, they're going to need players like Chloe Moore McNeil to step up and be strong perimeter defenders this season. I think she has the physical tools to do it. Again, showed it in flashes last season. She can put together everything she showed last season she could be in line for a really big season and is the type of X factor I think the Hoosiers, um, maybe the biggest X factor, biggest breakout player. We talked about Tamar Bates a little bit in Wednesday's episode for the men's team. I, I could see that being a, a similar type of thing with the women's team where if Chloe can really put things together, she's the type of X factor that could take Indiana over the top. Another person who you could maybe classify as an X factor, but someone who's definitely going to play a big role this season is going to be Sydney Parrish. We'll talk about her, obviously her decision to come to Indiana and 
what role in, she's going to play on this Hoosier team this season. So for the last two seasons, really, IU has really struggled as a three-point shooting team. Statistically, if you look just at the percentages, um, they don't look awful. 33.1, slightly below average. But IU basically identified that they were not a good three-point shooting team and just stopped taking three-point shots, which, hey, that's smart. If, if it's not a strength, don't force it. And when you have a veteran-laden team as Indiana did, they just didn't take those shots. You had Nicole Cardano-Hillary and Allie Patberg do it. Um, those two were streaky shooters, had their moments when they looked really good, hit some big shots throughout the season, but that was really it. Alexa Goulbay, uh was third on the team in threes. Again, another kind of streaky shooter. Um, but if those are your top three three-point shooters, then Nicole Cardano-Hillary was 35%, 34% for Goulbay, 33% for Patberg. That's not great. Now, there's a number of players that are going to come in this season and be better three-point shooters statistically right off the bat. Sydney Parrish is one of them. If you look back to last season... She would have been IU's best three-point shooter. Uh, just from a efficiency standpoint, she thought she shot 35.4%, um, which is right there in line with Nicole Cardano-Hillary. Uh, but she took 147 three-pointers last year, which is uh, over almost or it's over 20 almost 20 more. Excuse me, words are hard. Almost 20 more than Nicole Cardano-Hillary shot. Uh, she averaged 4.63s per game. Um, just from volume, efficiency, everything, Sydney Parrish was a, a solid three-point shooter last season. It's coming to Bloomington, and you would hope would be able to take a step forward. Now, obviously, there's going to be a lot of expectations with Sydney Parrish this season. She was a top recruit. She was an IU fan. She's returning home. She's talked about it. She was pretty honest in saying that one of the reasons she returned home is that IU's program is in a different tier, basically, now than when it was when she was being recruited by Oregon. It was a nice way of saying IU's good now, and I want to be a part of that. I don't blame her for wanting to play at the best program she can, but she's coming back now to a program that is good, and there's a certain level of expectation that comes along with that. Now, she's played at a program in Oregon that was also really good. So I don't expect that type of pressure to necessarily be too much for her or anything, but certainly a different type of pressure now playing at home in assembly hall. Maybe that brings a certain level of comfort with her though, a, a place where she's been many, many, many times before a lot closer to home, things like that. She's going to bring shooting, and I think maybe the best part is she's not going to be the only three-point shooter this season. Sarah Scalia is someone we're going to talk about in a future episode. She's going to be the one for the Hoosiers when it comes to three-point shooting, but Parrish can be one of the other top ones. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the type of looks that are created for her when she's playing with a, a Grace Berger, a Mackenzie Holmes, a Sarah Scalia, who's going to all three are going to draw the attention of defenses in different types of way. Uh, I would venture to say Sydney Parrish is probably going to have a fair amount of open looks from three, and it's a lot different taking open three-point looks than it is obviously contested ones that I'm sure she took a lot of last season. So it's a long way of me saying 
I think that there's a good chance her three-point percentage jumps this season, uh, which the Hoosiers would absolutely love and, and would absolutely, uh, I don't say, maybe not necessarily need. They were really successful without three-point shooting, but it's a huge bonus, and it adds a different element to the team that hasn't been there. Maybe something that hasn't been talked about as much is the uh, what she'll bring to the team defensively. Uh, Sydney Parrish is, I believe, listed at 6'2", uh, which is a lot of size for the um, for a guard, which is what she will be. Again, defensively, IU was good last season, really good last season. But if you think back to the types of players that were really good last season, uh, you think back to Nicole Cardano-Hillary, who was described as a gnat, which was an apt description. She laughed about it, uh, but you would not necessarily describe Sydney Parrish as a gnat. Uh, there's a... <laughs> there's a lot of difference. There's an eight inch difference in, in size there. Uh, so you could look at someone like a Patberg, but even then she was 5'11. Sydney Parrish is going to bring a, a different type of defense. Uh, maybe not better, maybe not worse, but at 6'2, she brings some length defensively as well that will hopefully help Indiana keep that as a reputation as a strong defensive team. I expect both these girls, both these women, excuse me, I'm sorry, I did that again. Both of these women to play really big roles this season. I, Sydney Parrish is going to start. Uh, IU lost a lot in the backcourt. There's a chance Chloe Moore McNeil starts as well. Regardless, though, these two are both going to be really high in minutes for the Hoosiers this season. Really valuable role players. A lot of the things I said about. Sydney Parrish and getting open looks, that would apply to Chloe Moore McNeil as well when she's on the floor. Uh, two really valuable role players, two different types of skill sets, I would say. Does it, Again, you need a lot of different types of players when you're a, uh, a top team. I'm excited to see what these two will bring to the table because uh, both of them, I think, have have high expectations this year. And if both play well, then the Hoosiers are, are really, really set uh, this season. So thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the IU football game against Maryland. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked on Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked on take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked on Big Ten your second listen. Locked on Big Ten. I was on there today to talk Big Ten Media Day with men's basketball and uh, just a little bit of a preview of the basketball season. So head on over there. Make that your second listen. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review. All that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific Thursday in LEO.